it's me welcome back to the redhead reels my name's kayla um i'm not going to waste much time because there's really no reason to so i'm just going to jump right in um today i'm going to be letting y'all in on ella enchanted um ella enchanted is Ella Enchanted came out in 2004, rated PG, the IMDb description says. Ella is under a spell to be constantly obedient, a fact that she must hide from her new stepfamily in order to protect the prince of the land, her friend for whom she's falling. Um, personally, I find issue with that description because hiding it from her family has nothing to do with protecting the prince, but who am I to say? So, um, a couple things just to start it off. I have seen this movie probably 400,000 times. I love it so much. I go through, like, different phases in my life where I just have, like, a hankering to watch a certain, like, kind of movie, and I, I'll literally rewatch a movie like every single day until I get over it because I like certain kinds of movies and like if I get into a certain mood and I just want to know that that mood will be satisfied I don't take risks with things I haven't seen and a lot of the times I like want to just watch like a mystical kind of fairy tale type movie and Ella Enchanted honestly has everything it's basically Cinderella but something I really appreciate about it is that it's not completely Cinderella like it's obviously based off the same story but It has a lot of different things that go into it that kind of, like, make it stand apart. And I I just love this movie so much. Just start it off. We, okay. I love that they have this narrator who is, like, actually a character in the movie because... Usually it's just a regular narrator. All you do is hear their voice. But he pops up. He inter... Like, what's the word? He interacts with the actual characters. And I don't know. I just think it's so cute. So I love him. And he kind of brings the whole fairy tale-esque together. So that's just like a fun little, little added thing that they did with him okay and I don't know if this is like just me kind of like overthinking everything like I do on a regular basis but the movie starts out with like this whole big exposition they tell you that Ella lives in this little like village and when she's born her fairy godmother, Vivica A. Fox, whose name is Lucinda, rolls in 
and she like gives gifts and there's not like a whole lot of background into what role this plays in the rest of like this movie world because they talk about lucinda like the mom and the aunt know who she is and they're like oh my god she sucks like we don't want her to have anything to do with this kid but they never talk about anybody else having gifts so i i'm like confused like is there a specific kind of person who gets them like do people know because then when she's growing up and she ends up getting the gift of obedience spoiler um so lucinda gives her the gift of obedience and when she's in school like growing up people just think that she's super weird but does nobody else also have a gift and they say that lucinda gives like really crappy ones but then they never like i just would have liked a couple of examples i guess um but yeah that's like something that i didn't really get but yeah so she gets the gift of obedience which sucks because she basically turns into a slave and something else that i actually really like about this is it plays on so many like real life topics and especially with like stuff that's been going on in the world recently but it it mentions stuff like that but not in like a preachy kind of annoying way where it's still cute and it's still like a kid's movie so like for example when when Ella's in like elementary school she has this best friend named Arita who is considered an Aorthian which I've tried to google before and I think that that's just kind of like a thing that exists within the Ella Enchanted world where it's like her kind of like identity or nationality within Ella Enchanted and people were being like really mean to her for it and Ella was like fuck you she's cool and then they became best friends and it was really cute so they kind of do like a little montage of her like going through grade school and then her mom gets really sick and ends up dying and her mom tells her that what is inside of her is stronger than any spell which comes into play later obviously but her mom makes her like promise that she won't tell anybody ever so she's not allowed to tell like her friends or any like literally anybody she's not allowed to tell anyone that she has this gift because her mom doesn't want people using it against her which i thought was sweet but obviously things still don't go well so her mom dies and we fast forward a question mark number of years to where ella is now they call her grown woman but she's still in like 
high school or like community college i don't know she's older and all she has at this point is her dad and her aunt or cousin mandy she has oh it's a household fairy her mother's a fairy huh oh Okay, IMDb says, Ella is born into an ordinary household. Her mother is a fairy, and there's another household fairy, Mandy. So, I don't think that she's actually related to her, which is the first time I ever realized that in all of my 24 years of existing. And I guess maybe that can kind of, like, explain why Ella has like a gift like i guess she has a fairy godmother because her mom was a fairy honestly there's more important things to discuss at this point so she's a grown-ass woman she has her dad she has her household fairy mandy and her dad comes home one day and is like oh hey like i actually just got married to this trash compactor of a human being she's so annoying she's so stupid but he married her and it honestly brings me so much joy because she sucks really bad and she like tried to be a gold digger and married ella's dad because she thought that he was rich and he turned out to not be rich it warms my heart to know that she tried to be an even worse person and got like screwed over for it so yeah it's like the typical she has a stepmother and these two ugly stepsisters who are stupid and we hate them and the one olive is like a freaking broken light bulb she has nothing going on upstairs like honestly bless her because i it's very problematic because if she were a real person in real life like she's got something going on but obviously in the context of the movie it's supposed to be funny but she's essentially just like a stick person with flesh that just walks around and does whatever hattie wants And Hattie is, like, the dictator sister who is, like, super smart and bitchy and just wants to ruin Ella's life, basically. So, through a couple little things by accident, Hattie realizes that Ella is obedient. I don't think that she, like, necessarily pieces it together That is because she got, like, a gift because, like I said before, I don't know what the rule is on who gets gifts and why. So I don't know if it's, like, a common thing that it would be easy for her to assume, but whatever. So she realizes that Ella does whatever you tell her to. And, um, something else that... I don't necessarily understand is how does her dad not know 
like if quote unquote she is a grown woman and she has been told to do whatever she's told for all of those years how does he not pick up on that like his a a theme that i personally have found through this whole movie is the guys are dim like they are soft in the skull and have no idea what anything is because Hattie meets her for five minutes and is like oh shit something's up but her dad literally raised her essentially alone because her mom died when she was young and like I anyway so they introduce this little I write all these notes while I'm watching the movies and it takes me like 10 minutes to realize what the hell I was talking about um but yeah so they introduce this guy um Prince Charmant who just goes by Char um he's like that prince that everybody's obsessed with and there's literally like fans like fan groups all over the little kingdom that are obsessed with him and like all they do is talk about how hot he is hattie's like the leader of his little fan cult so so he's the prince his uncle edgar is currently the king because char's dad we're told was killed by ogres and so now because of that they or was he killed by giants he there's like all these mythical creatures that exist within this world so there's like ogres giants elves probably other shit i don't know so because of everything that like like quote-unquote happened with char's dad there's all these rules that say that like giants basically um what's it called giants basically become slaves ogres are like terrible people and everybody hates them and all these things so that like all of that was put into place through uncle edgar and we hate him so because it's like uncle edgar who has all that shit in place ella just hates that whole family and she's not necessarily wrong because char is like an idiot he's so blind to everything and thinks that like his uncle is the coolest guy and whatever happened is for good reason and he thinks that his uncle's like super chill and has absolutely no plans of anything he's gonna do when he becomes king so she's like kind of right to hate them because he's as bad as his uncle kind of it's complicated so there's this like i almost said rally it's not like a rally but he's doing chars doing this like what is it called oh like an appearance at like the village mall or something i don't know it's actually really cool looking because it's kind of like an outlet or like strip mall 
where it's all outside, but it's all made of wood. And so it's like old timey, but there's like a wooden escalator. So it's kind of like modern. And then there's like a wooden fountain, I think, if I remember correctly. I don't know, but it's like really cool looking and I like kind of wish that it was real. So he has this appearance set up and it <laughs> he's literally the prince of this whole town and he gets up on this rickety ass like soapbox to like answer questions or like do a speech or something. I don't know. Um, but I guess it's like supposed to be his stage and it's literally just like four blocks of wood just hammered together for five seconds and then that's it oh so they get there and ella and arita are both there to try and like fight against all the bullshit that uncle edgar has put in place and they're like protesting and then stupid hattie shows up and forces ella to go home and because Ella is obedient, she leaves. So she's on her way home. And then all of these fans try to chase after Char and like attack him. And on the way, he like physically runs into Ella and like they both fall to the ground. And this is like their little meet cute. And she like can't stand him. She's like, all right, bye. Like you and your uncle are both trash. And he's like, oh my god, you don't like me? That's, like, super attractive. And so he's already trying to be all up on top of her. And she's like, I could not give a shit less about you. So she starts to walk away. And they're having, like, this little conversation. But, like, because she's the only person who isn't falling over every single word that he says, he's super interested. And so he's, like, trying to follow her and talk to her. And... She forgot her bag when he knocked her down, so he goes back and tries to get it for her and then tells her not to move, and since she's obedient, she can't move, and so then this horse and carriage starts rolling up and almost runs her over, and I would just like to point out that this little horsey conductor did not even try to avoid her or slow down. Like, there was a full stretch of dirt road that he could have done anything to try to help out. Try to be like, oh, there's a person there. Let's not hit her. And no, he just continues at his pace, acting like a freaking 18-wheeler that has no control over what he's doing. Um, But then Char swooshes back and knocks her to the ground once again and saves her life. So... She's still like, well, screw you. Like, I don't need you. So, after all of that. Oh, so then while they're talking, Hattie shows up and tells Ella to go away. So, obviously, Ella listens. And she, like, goes back to this little, like, town square type deal. And goes to, like, hook up with Arita. And they're hanging out and she's like you literally do everything that Hattie tells you to do and Ella's like yeah but I can't tell you why because I'm not allowed to and so Hattie and Olive find her and 
make her steal stuff. They tell her to steal a pair of glass high heels. And so that's like a cute little nod to the real Cinderella. And see, it's it's things like that where they kind of allude to Cinderella, but they don't like shove it in your face that this is like based on the same story. So she gets caught by like a security person um, trying to seal these high heels. And so when she runs away, it's like there are just small things that they do in this movie that just kind of like warm my heart a little bit. So like while she's running away, there's like, you know, when you're in the mall and there's all those little kiosk operators who say oh like come here try sample and since she's obedient she has to do it and so while she's trying to flee from the security person she like stops and like buys stuff because the kiosk people are telling her to um which has no bearing on the plot but it's just it's those small details that really bring a plot together so she eventually gets collected by the uh, security people and go home and the stupid stepmother is there so her dumb stepmom is there and she's trying to understand why ella did what she did and in the background hattie and olive are telling ella to blame arita And Hattie is putting this shit in her ear, like, Arita did it, and tell her that you hate her and you never want to see her again, because Arita's walking up the freaking driveway, trying to check in on Ella, because she's having a bad day, and Mandy is just, like, standing there watching, and I will never understand why she just stood there. Like, she sees all this shit happening, and she can't just out loud say, like, Ella, tell the truth, because then she'll be obedient, and then she'll have to tell the truth. Because, I mean, like, I understand she'll probably, like, get in trouble, because I guess if she's just, like, a household fairy, she's, like, the help or something, I guess. Like, since she's not a family member, she probably doesn't have, like, a whole bunch of influence when it comes to parenting and such. But whatever i feel like that would be more acceptable than telling arita that you can't be friends with her because of her ethnicity which is like super fucked up and ella's really upset about it so then after all of that transpires ella's like i have to get rid of this gift it's a nightmare and i especially if she's gonna have Hattie and Olive and the dumb stepmom around for the rest of her life at this point, she cannot go through the rest of her life being forced to do whatever Hattie tells her. Because at that point, like, if I were her, I would just kill myself. Like, there's no point. So she says, like, hey, I'm going on a mission. I'm finding Lucinda and I'm making her take this back. And Mandy's like, well, here, take this encyclopedia, who also happens to be my boyfriend, because, like, 20 years ago or something. Let me check. Yeah, she says that her boyfriend has been stuck inside of this book for 20 years. 
And like I understand it it is a theme throughout this movie that Mandy is a terrible fairy. And the reason he got turned into the book is because she was trying to give him a haircut. But 20 years and you cannot figure out how to bring him back? Because, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, she turns him back into a human boy. But she couldn't do that for 20 years? Anyway, so she has this, like, encyclopedia and all she has to do is say, show me so-and-so. And then she opens it and then Benny can show her the picture. Um, so they find Lucinda, they see that she's in Giantville. Um, so she makes her way. She leaves and she is headed to Giantville with Benny to find Lucinda. And on the way, she runs into Slannon, who is an elf. And then they become like BFFs. Um, so she meets Slannon while he's like strapped up to, what do you, what is it called? He's, like, strapped up against this, like, wheel of doom contraption where there are, like, these people trying to kill him. So then Ella, like, beats them up and then her and Slanin become BFFs. So they hang out and decide to, like, go back to his little... No. Where? Oh, okay. Sorry, my timeline was a little jumbled. So after they become best friends, they go back to his little village with all the other elves where we find out that because of these like Uncle Edgar laws, elves are forced to participate in song and dance. So anytime that like an elf comes in contact with a person, they're supposed to like sing and dance and entertain which sucks for Slannon because he wants to become a lawyer, but he's not allowed to because of all these dumb laws. So there's like a scene where, because the Prince Char's coronation is coming up and they have all of these like elves and stuff, not elves and stuff. They have elves being like hoarded into this little, um, coach like a horsey coach ride and he's saying that all of these elves are like being brought to the to the castle to perform for char and it gives me like shrek vibes where they're like hoarding all of the magical creatures into like the little carriage type deal um because it's like the same kind of idea i think it's kind of been a while since i've seen shrek as well but I painted myself into this corner so anyway but like while they're at dinner like talking and hanging out Slannon meets Benny and they all become BFFs am I no okay yeah I was right so um oh yeah (laughs) um so I think it's like the next day or something um back at the house the step family gets ella's invitation to the coronation ball and obviously have no intentions of telling ella about it because char loves her but hattie decides that it's her invitation 
and then simultaneously they're in this the forest trying to make their way to giantville and they run into ogres and um this is an issue i have because they make it sound like all of these mythical creatures are getting like a bad rep for no reason but the ogres try to like kill and eat them and so i'm like well if they're gonna like kill and eat people then do they not deserve a bad rep but like everybody i don't know i mean maybe just because they're like pissed off with edgar that they're like fuck it if people are gonna hate us we might as well enjoy ourselves but i don't love that choice because if we're all supposed to be on the same side like why are you eating us anyway so they tie slan into a tree they strap ella up over this little cauldron and try to kill her and like boil her into a freaking stew and char shows up which is a little like questionable like they're deep in the forest how why how and why is he there anyway he is that's the point so he shows up he chops her down he opens up the ropes around slanin and they like talk to the ogres and they're like cool and they peace out in opposite directions so they continue to giantville and they see that there's literally like all these little guys they're regular sized people but in terms of the actual scene there's all these little guys like standing on like watchtowers dressed in their like all black armor suits like whipping at giants to make them do shit and like it's not funny because it's literally slavery like it's it's them whipping giants into like cultivating and like i don't like agriculture shit i don't know but can they not like they're literally giants the physical difference is astounding because comparatively these giants could kill every single one of these little like guard people and not have to do this anymore but that just goes to show you what good people these giants are so they show up at giantville there's like a wedding going on and this is where lucinda's supposed to be because they saw that she was supposed to be going to a wedding so they're at this giant wedding to find lucinda and she ella goes up and talks to one of the other fairies and lucinda later dazed like literally five minutes ago so that whole thing was for nothing and now we just don't know where she is and basically at this point it's dark out so they're like just call it a day so they're all hanging out having a good old time and slanin starts smooching up with this giant and i never in my i'm flabbergasted with myself because i have seen this movie so many times and i have never realized until last week that the freaking giant that slanin 
is smooching up on top of is Heidi Klum. Like, I just, I'm, like, still mad at myself because what the hell? But yeah, it's literally Heidi Klum, and I never knew. And, like, part of me, like, still doesn't understand how I got through my life. Um, But that's, like, kind of a theme, I guess. Not a theme, but there are so many, like, well-known people that it never even hit my mind that they were in this like mini driver whatever that's a different kind of conversation so they're like hanging out and char and ella are like falling in love and she gives us one of the best performances of storybook life i every single time that i hear the song somebody to love I think of this scene because it's perfect and I love it so much. The soundtrack overall to this movie is A+. And I would say that in my mind personally, it has only been matched by John Tucker Must Die. Because those are two movies that have such a fantastic soundtrack that like the songs are great the way that they play into everything is great they have like covers of different stuff that's a different conversation um but yeah so she gets up and she gives this like soul performance of somebody to love because they wanted slanin to perform because he's an elf and obviously he doesn't want to so she basically just like takes his place and like falls on her sword for him. Um, but it was great and I give her a 15 out of 10. What is next? Oh, another thing that I always think about, like I know that obviously Anne Hathaway put in the work to get that number right. But within the context of the movie, She's just Ella hanging out, going to a wedding, and then she ends up performing the song. How do people in those situations... Are you okay? Okay, hi. (laughs) Thank you for being so patient. I paused for a while, which ideally you wouldn't know because I'm going to cut that out. Um, But my puppy was limping and i was moments away from bursting into tears so i had to stop and make sure he was okay and thank you so much for expressing your concern he is okay um so i'm going to jump in at where i think i left off which is the one of the greatest musical numbers in the history of cinema oh okay so ella tries to use benny to find out where lucinda is right now but she's like basically getting a dui and uh there's not much more information so char's like hey um roll up to the castle with me because we have like this wall of records and i can just like 
take you there and it'll tell you where she is. So they stay the night in Giantville and decide that they're going to hit up the castle tomorrow. Which, surprisingly enough, is the day that Hattie and Olive and their whole group of char lovers have booked a tour of the castle. Okay, so so Char and Ella walk in the front door and the tour is like standing right there. So then they all like go try and like attack him, Um, but they get away and then they run into Edgar who sucks so hard. But so Ella like heads off to the Hall of Records and Char and Edgar are chumming it up and talking about like the giants and stuff and char's like oh my god they're like being enslaved can you believe that and slandon wants to be a lawyer like why can't he and i'm also gonna ask ella to marry me which first of all she i mean that's another thing is like they say that she's a grown woman and there are like different time periods where it's acceptable to get married at different different ages so like depending on what era this is it's like acceptable to get married at different ages but also they've known each other for like two days and he already wants to marry her but like dude i don't even know okay but that's that's the conversation that they're having and he tells edgar like oh i'm gonna propose to her in the hall of mirrors at the strike of midnight during like after my little coronation party and bum, 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 bum. okay so ella like finds out where lucinda is and she's like starts packing up and is trying to get out of there meanwhile edgar pulls in hattie and olive to like interrogate them about Ella and like how convenient is it at this point that she is the gift of obedience and he just goes up and makes her do whatever he wants her to do but I understand that that is the point of the movie so all right he pulls them in and he's like listen if you give me intel then I'll like just let you marry char and so she's like all right cool like she does whatever you ask her to so she's a bit ella is about to leave the castle and go find dumb lucinda to take this gift back and he goes in there and he essentially like confronts her and lets her know that he knows so he's like "Mm, listen you are gonna get proposed to in the hall of mirrors and Buck strikes midnight take this dagger and kill char with it and for a movie that's rated pg it gets like kind of dark but i don't know i guess life sucks and kids can find that out at whatever age that hollywood decides so she's like super upset and she leaves and she writes him like a letter saying hey uh listen i'm not 
going to talk to you ever again and I'm not coming to your coronation. Goodbye. And oh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So, so after Edgar divulges his plan, Ella's like, oh my God, would you seriously have your own nephew murdered? And he's like, yeah, I killed my brother. So I might as well kill his son too. So this is when we find out that Edgar killed his own brother and that the ogres are actually kind of innocent, even though they still tried to eat Ella. So um, this is when like everything kind of starts to fall into place. So she's like super bummed about the fact that she has to kill Char and writes him this letter saying like, bye forever, essentially. And he's super bummed about it, and he's, like, really upset because he was obsessed with her. Whatever. Ella keeps trying to find Lucinda because she, like, needs this gift to be taken away. But it's not happening at this point. So, instead, she gets Slannon and has him chain her to a tree. Like, this huge ass, like, some cobbler elves living inside of it tree chains her up and locks her there so that, I guess, if she can make it past midnight, then she's, like, a-okay. But while she's sitting there chained to the tree waiting for midnight to happen, Lucinda freaking pops up out of nowhere like zippity doodles right in front of Ella's face and I'm like in all seriousness first of all how did she just like make herself appear in the middle of nowhere because it's basically just like a huge ass stretch of meadow that Lucinda pops down into but then she spent this whole movie trying to stalk Lucinda and she's right there so I was like holy crap like come take this gift away because I'm about to kill this guy and I don't feel like it and Lucinda is so offended that Ella doesn't want her gift and this is why I said Lucinda's like the worst she is not like a successful adult she wears the same outfit 24-7, which I, like, literally Ella's entire life, she's been wearing the same outfit. Um, But now she's like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll help you. So she magically unchains Ella from the tree, which is the opposite of what we wanted, and sends her off to the ball in this wedding gown to go get herself a husband. But as it's inching closer and closer to midnight, the, like, power of the spell is pulling her to the castle. So she rolls on up to the castle, and, like, with two minutes to spare. And Char's like, oh my god, that is, like, perfect timing because I had a question for you, even though you, like, broke up with me. So he pulls her off to go to the Hall of Mirrors, and he... Okay, so so they head off to the Hall of Mirrors, and he's about to propose. Meanwhile, she, like, pulls 
the dagger out from Lord knows where. She has her pockets. She, Lucinda changed her whole outfit. And she has this dagger that, like, I guess was in her pocket. I'm still confused by this. And also at the same time, when Edgar told her to kill Char, he says, you'll take this dagger. Like, could she not just give it to Slanin? And, like, regardless, she pulls it out and she's, like, holding it behind her back. And she's trying really hard not to kill him. And he's literally, like, get about to get on his knee and say, like, marry me. And she is sobbing because she can't like figure out how to win this um and we they start like this little voiceover all of the horrible things that this curse has made her do and so she tells herself looking in her eyes through the mirror you will no longer be obedient and that is when the spell is broken so she's like loving life she has she has a life at this point she gets it all back but then char's like holy shit you tried to kill me and now she like can't even explain herself because guards rush in there and like put her in a cell they like go lock her up for attempted murder but she's like no i didn't want to that's not the point please and so then the next day she's rotting away in the cell and Slanin rounds up all of their like mythical creature best friends. So the ogres are there, the giants are there, and that is it, I think. Anyway, so they're there to like try and help her and he goes up to the little like cell area and saves her and she's like, dude, we've got to go. And she uses Benny to he got lost he was in like the recycle bin Slanin finds him and he's back so so she opens him and says show me Edgar and she finds out that Edgar is trying to poison Char's crown to kill him off like he did his brother so she's like um we've got to go or else he's dead um okay so they run down to where this coordination is taking place and they burst through the door and she says to like she like screams stop or whatever and it's like right in the nick of time like five seconds later like the crown was on his head and he would be dead so they stop and char's like um you literally tried to kill me like go away but then while they're like fighting, he she's like explaining herself and he's like, oh, OK, well, then cool. Never mind. Some of it is so funny because it's like the movie itself, I feel like, is very well done other than kind of like the cartoony differences in size, because like when they're in Giantville, you can very obviously see that they're making Ella and Char look smaller but it's just funny because some of it is like it's so hard to explain like they just make it look 
so kind of like i guess kid friendly where there's this poisoned crown and to show that there's poison in it or on it they have like these green foams not uh, green like fumes like smoke emanating off of it so then that kind of adds like a little like fun i guess after there was like attempted murder i guess like to bring the kids back into it and they have all of these ninjas like drop out of the sky to start fighting against her and um so they get into like this huge fight and she's explaining herself and char because he's honestly just so mentally malleable he's just like oh okay yeah like cool i believe you no worries and i'm glad because obviously ella's the one he should be believing but he's just like he has no backbone and i'm like he's got better throughout the movie i guess kind of but whatever so they're like back on good terms and she's also like hey by the way he killed your dad and so char confronts edgar and edgar kind of like admits it and he's like you know what fuck you then because i still want to be king and you don't deserve it so then edgar tries and goes to put on this dusty crown that has the poison on it that he put there but he literally puts it on and then he passes out and i assume that he's dead and that's not the case because after that ella and char get married and then there's a whole another musical number that is so fantastic and it is timeless and i love it and it's perfect um i can't think of what the song is but it's really good um god shit don't go break my heart is that what it's called i don't know if that's the actual name of it but that's how it starts um so yeah it's that song and the whole chaos comes in and does like a whole number and shit and then in the end edgar gets like rolled past the camera um in a wheelchair where i guess he's just like a vegetable forever and then that's it so i i never know like how to end this because i feel like it's so anticlimactic not that the movie's anticlimactic but just like myself and the way that i explain things um so yeah i mean that's it i love it i've seen it a million times and the reason i love rewatching movies so much is because you always pick up on something different i have family members i know people i've heard people explain that they watch something once and they're done and physically that gives me anxiety because like there's so much there's so much extra that you'll never know like this movie came out in 2004 so that is 16 years that have passed 
before I realized that Heidi Klum was even in the movie. Just like things like that. That's why I love rewatching movies. Yeah, I for sure recommend this movie is like a staple of my life and my childhood. I used to like come home from like high school or freshman year of college every day and just put it on because it made me so happy. And especially with like all the bullshit going on with life right now, it kind of adds real life elements without making it like dramatic. I don't know. It's it's just done so well. And I love it. The music is so good. That's what I have for you here. Um I I had recorded an episode about the usual suspects that I watched for the first time like a week or two ago. And I like can't decide what to do with it because as the imbecile that I am, I accidentally recorded the whole thing on my laptop microphone instead of this fake one that I bought off Amazon. So the quality is like not that great. And also I just didn't really like the movie that much. So I'm kind of torn between like, do I re-record it because the quality wasn't that good? Or do I just put up that one with the okay quality of audio or do I just delete it and pretend it never happened um 